Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on the December USDA WASDE report. Also, CFA President Mary Robinson will give us the latest on the PEI potato situation. And up first in today's country comment, we'll chat with the Executive Director with the Manitoba Canola Growers about the group's upcoming election for the Board of Directors. Latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba Canola Growers Association will be holding an election this year for its board of directors. With the details, here's Executive Director Delaney Ross-Burtnack. We're very excited to uh, be hosting an election this year. So we have uh, five candidates that are going to be running for the four positions that are open on the Manitoba Canola Growers this fall. And uh, process will be brand new this year. We're very excited that we'll be able to use an online voting system for the first time. And, uh, of course, it'll be online and uh, mail-in ballot, which is our traditional uh, voting system. But this will be the first time to try modernizing with that electronic system. So we'll have um, the five candidates will be uh, Pamela Bailey, Jackie Dudgeon, Warren Ellis, Charles Fossey, and Fiona Yoakum. So uh, there's plenty of information about them with their bios on our website at canolagrowers.com. Talk a little bit more about those ballots, um, when those will be going out, and then how do people vote? The ballots, uh, they'll be mailed out uh, along with bios and information about each of the candidates on or before December 14th. So our members should start seeing those uh, after December 14th. The online voting site will go live at 8 a.m. Canadian Standard Time on December 14th as well. So if our our members go to the website and have a look there, they'll be able to see uh, see that information. And um, their ID, their identification to be able to vote online will come in the mail in uh, in that ballot. So um, the ballots, uh, there's only one way to vote. Whichever way you vote first is the way that it'll be counted. So um, if uh, online is is the way they go first, then there's no need to mail in the ballot. If you mail in the ballot, then that's how it'll be counted. So it'll uh, work either way. We're working with a group called Avenue 4 uh, Communications. They're our returning officer for this year and have loads of experience. uh, So they're guiding us through this process. But um, the ballots must be received at their office, and the information's all on that mail-out ballot on or before 4.30 on January 14th uh, if you're mailing it, and the online voting site will close January 15th at 5 o'clock. And then I guess when will uh, results be known? So we're uh, counting the ballots. I think January 21st was the day, so we'll know shortly after that. And then we'll uh, announce uh, the formal details at our annual general meeting on uh, February 17th. That's at Crop Connect then? You bet. Yeah, yeah. hosted at Crop Connect. We're having a breakfast and uh, give an update for the year and uh, let everyone know the results. These are uh, four-year terms, is that right? Yes, that's right. So each position is a four-year term. And uh, we had two vacancies this year, so we've got three brand new folks that we'll be considering for uh, for the role. How often um, do you have elections for these uh, for these positions? Well, the positions we have it staggered so that uh, it, essentially half the board is up for re-election. So every two years, we end up having a potential for an election. So um, yeah, the positions run for four years, and. Uh, 
uh, directors are allowed to do up to three uh, consecutive terms, four-year terms. Um, so Charles Fossey, for example, will uh, be up for his third term. Um, and Pam, Pamela Bailey, uh, who is the current director, will be up for her um, second term. And then uh, Jackie Dudgeon, Warren Ellis, and Fiona Yoakum will uh, be vying for a new position. And these are, I guess, at large, there's no sort of districts on these? or No, we don't have a district system. Um, you know, it's, it's such a challenge. You know, a district system uh, certainly would help support, um, you know, broader geographical representation as an organization. But we know many other organizations who do operate with districts that um, end up being short directors on their board because they're just not getting... Um, the interest in each of the regions uh, to be able to participate. So we don't have that system, but we are paying close attention to uh, making sure that we're broadening our geographical representation uh, and looking to to attract directors from from other regions. So very excited this year that we did have interest enough to uh, to have an election. And I had several conversations with other directors that didn't quite uh, get their name in for the, the ballots, but are interested in, in working with us in other ways uh, for leadership, which is great. So I'm hoping that's a good indication that we're on our way to broadening, uh, broadening that leadership within our organization. Anything else that we should know? Or? Just that we're really excited to work with, uh, with the individuals that uh, join our board as of, as of next year and that uh, also excited to work with the ones who have expressed interest in and will work with us in other ways. So would certainly invite if there are other farmers that um, have considered working with Manitoba canola growers and helping us to direct how we serve our membership, I'd love to hear from them. Um, so they're welcome to, to contact me at the office. Our information is all on the website at canolagrowers.com. And uh, we'd just love to hear from them, and, and we'll find a way to work with them. We, we want to know uh, what they think and what they'd like to see us doing. That was Delaney Ross-Burtnack, Executive Director with the Manitoba Canola Growers Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Food prices in Canada are going up again. Canada's Food Price Report 2022 forecasts an overall food price increase of 5 to 7% for the coming year, the highest predicted increase in food prices since the inception of the report 12 years ago. The most significant increases are predicted for dairy and restaurants at 6 to 8%, and bakery and vegetables at 5 to 7%. This year's report predicts that a family of four will see an increase of up to $966 from the total annual cost in 2021. The report focuses on COVID-19-related disruptions to the food supply chain, climate change and adverse weather effects, labor force challenges, high inflation, and food transportation challenges. Keystone Agricultural Producers held its annual district meetings virtually on Tuesday night. President Bill Campbell gave the opening address. It's an understatement to say that 2021 was a challenging year for crop producers and livestock producers. Drought conditions have impacted producers in all sectors in every region of Manitoba. And CAP's focus has been on advocacy and education to ensure that the right information, support, and tools are available. At every turn, we have emphasized collaboration with producers, farm groups, and governments. We know that producers' issues are interconnected. No matter the commodity, we have common interests and we need to work together. 
Members of the Manitoba Canola Growers Association will be going to the polls this year. Every two years, members are asked to elect four directors for a four-year term from across the province to represent canola growers at the board table. This year, there are five candidates vying for the four director positions. Running are Pamela Bailey, Jackie Dudgeon, Warren Ellis, Charles Fossey, and Fiona Yoakum. Ballots will be mailed out on or before December 14th. The online voting site will go live at 8 a.m. the same day. And earlier this week, we heard news that a work stoppage would be avoided at the Cargill High River Beef Processing Facility in Alberta. That's good news, according to Brian Peria with Canfax. He gave us an update on the cattle market. It's going to be interesting. We're a little bit early this week. Uh, our Fed market, we saw a little bit of strength last week, and uh, we're anticipating some more strength this week. Uh, you know, the U.S. markets rallied significantly in the last month or so. Canada's only seen marginal increases. So, you know, we're, we're hoping our, our Fed cattle get into the mid-60s here this week, mid-higher 60s possibly. Um, just, uh, you know, with, with the competition and, and continued good demand for beef and, and cattle um, right now. Certainly expect stronger prices heading into December. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, December 9th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, CFA President Mary Robinson will give us the latest on the PEI potato situation. Joining us now is Mary Robinson, President of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, to give us the latest on the PEI potato situation. Mary also hails from Prince Edward Island. Yesterday, a a small delegation of us actually traveled to Ottawa, up and back in the same day, long trip, uh, but certainly well worth it. Cold on the hill, not as cold as it is in Manitoba, but pretty chilly standing there for three or four hours. What we did was we sent a tractor trailer load, uh, about 6,000 bags, uh, 10 pound bags, up to the hill. We arranged to be able to park right on Wellington Street, just outside the main gate to, uh, to Parliament, right outside the flame. Um, and, uh, we handed out potatoes to anyone that was going by. Uh, lots of people wanted to pay for them and we, because they, they know that it's tough times here. Uh, the, the hurt is very real. We had, uh, fantastic, uh, connection with several, um, Cabinet ministers, MPs, senators. We also saw Aaron O'Toole and Jagmeet Singh. Uh, Marie-Claude Bibeau, uh was on site a couple of times. Uh, Treasury board, um, had a Treasury board was there as well. So uh, trying to really uh, point out we have an urgent issue here. Anyone that understands horticulture knows that unlike canola, um, keeping it in a bin is, goes beyond just cash flow. It doesn't stay, so potatoes aren't going to last. Uh, and just the sheer logistics of every day that we lose, uh, we're, we're in a busy shipping season right now. Uh, probably 40% of the fresh crop here goes to the U.S. Um, we send over 5,000 tractor-trailer loads a year into predominantly the, the northeastern U.S. Uh, and CFIA uh and Minister Bebo together put in place a ministerial order that blocks the export of Canadian potatoes, all Canadian potatoes, seed table and processing into the U.S. And that came into effect on November 22nd. And the reason that Minister Bebo did that, as she explained to me, was uh, Secretary Vilsack had told her that if she didn't put it in place, he was going to put it in place. And it was the position of, 
um, of Mikobibo that if we put it in place, we would have more control over it. So she was between a rock and a hard place on that one. I certainly uh, wouldn't want to have to make that decision because neither of them are, are great uh, options. Uh, but we're doing what, what the potato industry is doing right now in, in PEI and, and all of the supports around it, including the Canadian Horticulture Council and CPC and CFA. Everyone's trying to sort through what it is that uh, the Americans say they need right now to satisfy their concerns. Ultimately, we had a, a management plan in place to contain this quarantinable pest, a pest that you have to notify your trade partners of if it's on their list. And that program's been in place since 2000. It's been working extremely well. Some of our farmland has been identified in it as we rent land to a producer that did have warts. So it, it's, a, it's an amazing uh, it encompasses a huge amount of land, uh, and it puts it under strict quarantine and observation for um, almost between 15 and 20 years. Uh, for some reason, um, the Americans lost faith in that system in this past year, and there's all kinds of speculation as to why, but ultimately we don't really know why. Some could say it's because we've got a fantastic, large, beautiful crop this year, and uh, we were, you know, we had a lot of optimism going into the shipping season, and now it's really a nightmare for producers. Um, one of the packing sheds I'm involved in, before the border closure, we were shipping 60% of our crop south of the border. Now we're not sending any, so staff has been laid off. Here we are, it's uh, December the 9th. We're not too far off Christmas, and it's created a lot of uncertainty for those hourly employees, as well as the, the uh, I think it's, 30 million hundredweight of potatoes that we're going to have to find a home for if we don't get resolution to um, to the border situation. So yesterday's event on the Hill was really to raise the profile of it, create more awareness, and have people that I think everyone in agriculture has the sense that once you get to Ottawa, you really don't think food comes anywhere but from a shelf. So to have people understand that this is a highly perishable product, it's a high-value product, and just like energy to Alberta or maybe uh, auto to Ontario, PEI potatoes are probably more important to our economy than, than those provinces with, with their big industries. So highly important that we get resolution here and, uh, and pretty frustrating. Obviously, anyone that's sat at any of these tables having discussions like this understands uh, there's a lot of people um, outside of agriculture that move at a very different pace than people within agriculture move. That was Mary Robinson, president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, giving us the latest on the PEI potato situation. Mary hails from Prince Edward Island. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Manitoba Egg Museum near Austin is hosting a winter wonderland December 10th to the 12th and again from the 17th to the 19th from 4 to 8 p.m. Proof of vaccination for guests age 12 and up is required. Entry fee is $10 per family. And the Canadian Forage and Grassland Association's annual conference is planned for December 14th to the 16th in an online setting. Details at CanadianFGA.ca. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the USDA released its December WASDE report this morning. I got the details from Dan Bossy, 
with Egg Resource Company in Chicago. Well, it looks like uh, WASDE or USDA went on holiday a little early, Corey. Not a lot of changes. Uh, USDA put U.S. corn end stocks at 1.493 billion bushels. That's unchanged. Soybeans at 340 million bushels unchanged. The only thing they made at uh, U.S. domestic balance sheets was that they lowered imports from Canada 5 million bushels because of your tight stocks and then cut exports 20, leaving stocks up 15 million bushels at 598. Still a historically tight number, but not as tight as last month. Globally, they didn't make any changes with South American crops, corn, uh, soybeans, same in both Argentina and Brazil on soybeans, 144 Brazil, 49.5 in Argentina. The only change came in wheat, where they raised the Australian crop to 34 million metric tons, almost a record. Changed Canadian crop or raised it 600,000 tons and then made an adjustment of 1 million metric tons to the Russian crop to 75.5. That, a lot of that gain, if you will, however, was absorbed by larger trade and imports up there about 2 million metric tons. So at the end of the day, world wheat stocks uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't move up or change all that much, and corn and soybeans were virtually unchanged. So as you look at the reports, uh, we're, we're not seeing a big reaction in Chicago. However, we will be watching South American weather where it's a little bit dry in southern Brazil and Argentina in the weeks ahead relative to La Nina. So uh, that's kind of the state of things, Corey. Uh, we'll wait to January to get uh, any kind of real input from USDA in terms of crop sizes and then demand looking forward. Weather will be the next focal point for Brazil and Argentina. So uh, that along with, uh, of course, uh, some trade data, which we'll get an inflation data tomorrow. U.S. inflation data is out tomorrow morning. That will help determine how much fund buying we have into the end of the year. That was Dan Bossy, president of Egg Resource Company in Chicago. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its December WASDE report this morning. Dan Bossy is with Egg Resource Company in Chicago. Not a lot of changes. Uh, USDA put U.S. corn end stocks at 1.493 billion bushels. That's unchanged. Soybeans at 340 million bushels unchanged. The only thing they made at uh, U.S. domestic balance sheet was that they lowered imports from Canada 5 million bushels because of your tight stocks and then cut exports 20, leaving stocks up 15 million bushels at 598. Still a historically tight number, but not as tight as last month. Bossy says globally they didn't make any changes with South American crops. Cattle producers are breathing a sigh of relief on the news that a work stoppage is being avoided at the Cargill High River Alberta Beef Processing Facility. Brian Peria with Canfax gave us his take on the markets. Challenge really we got to watch is basis levels. You know, our, our cull cows, you know, they are picking up a little bit, uh, but we remain at a pretty big discount to the U.S. market for cows, fed cattle, calves and feeders. We might see a few more exports uh, going forward and, and maybe a slowdown in imports. We're at a feed cost disadvantage and our prices are lower. So we could see a little bit more southern trade happening. This week during the Canadian Cattlemen's Association Directors Meeting in Ottawa, Minister of Agriculture and Agri-Food Marie-Claude Bebo announced nearly $200,000 in support of the Verified Beef Production Plus program and remote auditing. The funding will go towards a web portal and an app for remote audits. There are over 1.6 million cattle already under the management of certified VBB Plus operations in Canada. CAP delegates met virtually Tuesday night for the organization's annual district meetings. President Bill Campbell gave the opening address. This year, CAP has continued to call for action on carbon pricing and education property taxes. A few weeks after Heather Stephenson was sworn in as Premier, 
We met with her to discuss Manitoba's path forward on both files. These issues have serious impact on the competitiveness of our industry. We emphasize the need for an education system funding reform and our desire to see education property taxes completely removed. Overall, we were very pleased that Manitoba has announced its intention to review education funding in our province. And the Manitoba government is investing $44,000 to upgrade watershed district signs. The upgrades will reflect the enhancement and modernization of the Conservation Districts Program to become the Watershed Districts Program. Former Conservation District signs along Manitoba highways will be replaced with 87 new Watershed District signs over the next six months. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll hear from Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Beeble. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.